The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Patria, joined by a special guest on a Saturday. Not normally on a Saturday. My good buddy Dave Madkoff here helping me run through this massive 10-game slate that we have going on. It's October 30th. Dave, my friend, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Could not be happier. It's Halloween weekend. We have a 10-game slate. I'm back with my buddy Mike here. This this could not be any better. So I'm I'm excited to be on, on on this special weekend edition. What do you have planned for Halloween? What do you like? What are the trick or treaters like in your neighborhood? You know, living in New York City in an apartment building uh, and COVID, that's not a mix for trick or treating. So they're they've two years in a row now banned any trick or treating. So it's going to be lobby trick or treating only. What about for you? I don't know. I mean, this is, uh, I just got down here about four or five months ago. So we'll find out. I know in my old neighborhood, we, <laughs> my girlfriend and I would, we would always get super excited for Halloween. Uh, you know, thinking that we're going to have a ton of trick or treaters. One year we sat on our stoop with a, uh, with a big bowl of candy, just, you know, gleaming ear to ear waiting for people. It would, we just end up eating all the candy. No one ever comes to our house. So we're hoping, we're hoping to have trick or treaters, but we kind of preemptively assumed that we won't and started eating a lot of the candy. Uh, but I'm hoping that we get some good costumes. You know, I, I, I personally, uh, give out the amount of candy I give out to the kid is based on how cool their costume is. I don't tell them that, but you, you come with something lame. You're getting like one or two of those small little pieces. You have something cool. You're getting a handful. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. The scale based on costume, uh, based on cast. Yeah. I can't speak this morning. Uh, based on costume effectiveness, for sure. Oh yeah, I'm like a Simon Cowell costume raider. Uh, <laughs> without, maybe I'm a little less harsh, but we got we got a full slate of games to jump into, though. So we're gonna dive right into it. I know you're looking forward to watching that Michigan State uh, Michigan State game in a little while, about an hour away. So we'll try to we'll try to knock this out for you and for our listeners, just so they can probably catch some of the games too. But before we jump into anything. Quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, head over to manscaped.com where they have a fantastic line of products for all of your male grooming needs from the near, near ear, nose, and hair trimmer. I always struggle to say that, but it's a fantastic product either way. The lawnmower, they have the toner, the conditioner, the perfect travel kit, perfect package kit, everything that you need as a male to groom your needs. Perfectly finely done. The lawnmower is waterproof. Has a no trim guard, has quick charging capabilities, everything that you're looking for over at Manscaped. And use the promo code HOOPBALL20. You get 20% off plus free shipping. So guys, head over to Manscaped. Promo code is HOOPBALL20 for 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping. So we'll dive right into this, Dave. Orlando Magic traveling to Detroit. Taking on the Pistons for the Pistons, Jeremy Grant is probable. Chris Livers, Isaiah, oh, I'm sorry, Arla- Isaiah Livers, Chris Smith, both ruled out for the Magic. Michael Carter Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, all ruled out. And then we have a change. Chumo Kiki is being listed as probable, so that kind of flew under the radar. It feels like just a few days ago the Magic were like, yeah, we have no timetable for him, uh, but he'll be back in here. It might throw a little wrinkle into this front court rotation. 
but we'll have to see. It's his first game back, so we're probably not expecting too, too much. But down the road, we might see it, you know, kind of uh, maybe they'll limit the double big lineup. Maybe it'll limit Franz Wagner. We don't know, so we'll have to keep an eye on it. 206 game total. Detroit favored by six. So I'll pass it over to you. We'll start with Orlando. What are you looking at? Yeah, on the Orlando side, I mean, you, you touched on a little bit. With Chumil Kiki coming back, it definitely throws a wrench into that wing rotation for me. Um, so I'm probably going to stay away from any of the wings uh, in this type of matchup, especially with such a low game total. I, I think we have it as, as the lowest game total on the entire slate right off the bat. So I'm going to be chasing uh, the guards a little bit. Cole Anthony, uh, you have to ride the hot hand at this point. Um, do I think he can sustain it through the season? Uh, the way he's been playing, no. But with DFS perspective, 6400 is a pretty palpable price tag to pay for him, uh, especially given his gameplay over his last few games. Last night, I put up another gem, almost 40 fantasy points. So I like him. I'm also looking at the rookie, Jalen Suggs. Very consistent. 4900 though. Finally priced under 5K. Uh, it's been a, it's been probably about a week since he was priced under 5K. So I think I'm going to attack here. Uh, potentially Jalen Suggs. I'll take the cost savings over Cole Anthony most likely and then go after Jalen Suggs as more of a tournament play just because he's a rookie and we all know rookies are very volatile. Um, so I'm going to be looking at those two. And then when it comes to the big man positions, I'm going to have to go with Mo Bamba. Um, it's really hard not to go with Mo Bamba these days. He's getting 30 minutes plus a game. And if he continues that trend, uh, like we saw last night where he put up 51 monster fantasy points uh, against the Raptors in an away game. Um, I, I'm, I like his chances of replicating a similar type of performance, maybe slightly less, but at 6,500, you can't really beat the value with the way he's been playing and getting rebounds, blocks, points, uh, and, and all of that. So I'm looking at Mo Bamba, Jalen Suggs, and a little bit of Cole Anthony on the Orlando side. Uh, and I'm not going to have too much interest in Wendell Carter Jr., despite his strong play as well. Um, I just think that, you know, there's just too many other guys um, that we can go with, and I'd rather spend up a little bit, the $700 for Mo Bamba over Wendell Carter. What about you? Do uh, you have any interest in Mo Bamba here? I think, I think yeah, you kind of have to. Uh, it's it's a good matchup for him as well. You know, he's going to draw uh, Big Stu, Isaiah Stewart, um, as a matchup. He can pull him out of the paint. You know, this might be uh, one of those matchups where the double big doesn't last as long. We could see these guys playing shorter spurts just simply because Jeremy Grant is going to play that four position and they're going to, they're going to be able to do the same to them is uh, stretch out Wendell Carter jr. So I do like Mo Bamba though at 6,500. He feels like a guy that, you know, has outplayed Wendell Carter jr. And if they do decide to go with Okiki at that four down the road, don't think it will be in this game just because it's the first game back. If they do decide to go with that down the road, I feel like Mo Bamba is going to be the guy that sticks in that starting lineup. Just a lot more versatile compared to Wendell Carter jr. Can stretch the floor a little better offers that paint protection as well. So Listen, I, I haven't played as much Mo Bamba this season as I'd like, but I do like him in this matchup at 6500 It's a very fair price tag. I don't feel like we're chasing either. I feel like, you know, he's had a couple down games, but for the most part, he's been paying off that salary for us, and he can do it in multiple different ways. You touched on Cole Anthony at 6400 You're right, hot hand, and he's just getting the usage. Uh, the dude's not getting shy to shoot. He's been shooting well over the past four games. In three out of the last four games, he shot at least 53%. Getting the assists. Taking knocking down his threes, the steals, they seem to be pretty much there for the most part, averaging a little less than one per game. But uh, I do have some interest in Cole Anthony. Suggs is a GPP play for me. Uh, just up and down play. 
That's it. I mean, you you know, he, he's going to boom in one of these games. He's going to have one of those 35 to 40 DK point games. It's it's coming. Uh, this is easily could be the matchup, and it's going to be a matchup with two lottery rookies. So I'm excited about this whole matchup in general. As boring and low of a game total it is, just to kind of see that that one you know one versus one square off. Uh, but that's it. It's those three guys you touched on. I'm on the other side of the ball, uh, news of the hour: Cade Cunningham not listed on the injury report. So at 3600. We don't know if he's going to play a full complement of minutes, but I'm willing to take a couple stabs on him. I mean, 3600 is way too cheap for the first overall draft pick. Sign me up there. It's a great matchup for him. I, you know, the Magic aren't really necessarily known for their defense outside of their interior protection with Mo Bamba. So I'll I'll be playing some Cade Cunningham outside of him. Not a whole lot of interest anywhere else in this matchup. Maybe Big Stu if you're feeling frisky, but the minutes have been down. The play has been down, so I, I don't really trust him. I'd rather just pay up the extra 1100 for Mo Bamba in the same matchup. So I think my only option I have interest in will be Cade Cunningham at 3,600, point guard and shooting guard eligible. How about you? Yeah, I'm kind of with you across the board here. We're talking about the Pistons, uh, especially if Cade Cunningham does play. If Cade Cunningham doesn't play, I'm going to throw out Killian Hayes out there at 3,800, only slightly more expensive than Cade Cunningham, and a guy that started off miserably to start the season, starting to get his legs under him, starting to make some shots, which is something that he was not doing earlier in the year uh, in the first couple of games. So, again, it's still not shooting very well, but he does get those defensive stats, gets those blocks, gets potential steals as well. So I'm going to be looking at Killian Hayes if Kate Huntingham is at all limited because I think Hayes is going to have to take on more of that offense from a, from a guard perspective. And, again, price near the bottom of, of the pricing realm. Um, I'm definitely looking at some Killian Hayes. But to your point, there's not really a lot of interest for me uh, anywhere else on, on this Pistons lineup. Yeah, and they'll probably start, uh, I'm guessing, uh, Hayes and Cunningham alongside of each other. That was their kind of their plan in preseason before Cunningham hurt his ankle. And again, he's coming off of an ankle injury. There, there's probably going to be some sort of restriction on him, but it's a great price tag uh, for just a nice dart throw value play. We know he's got the upside there. Uh, Killian Hayes, I can't get around playing him. I just don't think he looks very good, but at the price tag, he's definitely worth staying in your player pool. On to the next game, 7, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Should be a fun one for fantasy. We have the New York Knicks traveling to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans in this one. So, as far as an injury report, we do not have the Pelicans. The second half of a back-to-back for the Knicks, Nerlens Noel is ruled out. And then as far as a game total and a spread, which we do have, 216, Knicks favored by five and a half points. So I think this uh, I think we could see the over in this one personally. But we'll start off with the Knicks here. I'll, I'll lead off here. Uh, Kemba Walker's been playing great over the past two games, kind of the Kemba that we envisioned and hope we saw. The minutes aren't still where we want to see him, under 30 in both those. But he's put up back-to-back games with at least 35 DK points. I like this matchup going against the Pelicans. Devontae Graham plays little to no defense. So 5,300, I definitely have some interest in Kemba. And then outside of him, I think this is a fantastic matchup for Randall. We're paying a premium for him, though, at 9,800. There's a lot of guys that we could spend up on. But even in a down game like we saw him shoot in the last one, actually the past three, uh, he's yet to shoot over 40% over the last three games. Last one, he shot 27%, though. Still put up 48 DK points. Just getting it done with the rebounds. The assists haven't gone anywhere. And that was one thing that, you know, we all kind of talked about in the preseason and coming into the season, almost similar to Bam Adebayo. Now they got a more traditional and an actually decent point guard. Are the assists going to go away? And they just haven't with Randall. They've been there. He's averaging seven assists on the season. So 
I got interest in both those guys. And if you wanted to take a dart throw on Fournier or Barrett, I wouldn't fault you there. I think we have some better guard value that we'll get to later on in the slate. And Fournier just hasn't looked good at all, really. So I'll probably take a pass on him. But they're definitely worth, I guess, you know, GPP pivots, I guess you could say. But for the most part, I'll be looking at Kemba and I'll be looking at Randall. And I have interest in fairly interest in both those guys. How about yourself? Yeah, you definitely touched on it. I mean, this is something where I'm definitely pretty much fully aligned with you when it comes to the Knicks. Uh, when it comes to the Knicks and, and daily fantasy in general, you know, outside of those couple games where Evan Fournier just went off as a new member of the Knicks, um, he hasn't really shown. He's kind of regressed back to the mean when it comes to this play. So I, I would say definitely Kemba Walker is number one for me. 5300 is a great price tag. He's finally getting comfortable. I drafted him in a bunch of in a bunch of leagues hoping for for this type of performance over his last two games. So I think he continues it in, the, in a plus matchup against the Pelicans defense, especially after the Pelicans coming back um, after a back-to-back set. I think Kemba Walker should be able to to play really well, should get to that 30 35%, 30 35-point fantasy threshold here. Um, and this price tag hasn't really fluctuated. In fact, it's gone down since the start of the season. So we have to attack that anytime we see that with the pricing. Um, so I love Kemba Walker and Julius Randle. You touched on too. Always a great play, night in, night out. Yes, his price tag is is at the top of my uh, tolerability for Julius Randle, but he's just been on a tear um, again this year. There's not a lot of hangover from last year, so I like Julius Randle as well. And that's it for me. Those two guys. I'm not even going to be looking at R.J. Barrett um, in in this type of game. Um, I just don't see the upside anymore. Uh, that we we saw flashes of it last year, um, just given the Knicks needed him a lot more to run the offense. Now with Kemba in town, Evan Fournier, I don't think it's as much of a reliance on RJ Barrett. So I'm looking at just Randall and Kemba Walker for me on the Knicks side. All right, we'll slide over to the other side of the ball with the Pelicans. Uh, defending their home court here, there's really only one guy I have any interest in here, and it's going to be Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, 8100 it's a fair price tag for him. Um, I've been a big proponent in playing Jonas over the past few years, uh, pretty much almost any chance I could just because he has the upside and the upside always came with his minutes and the minutes have been there. They're not shy. He has yet to play a game where he's played less than 30 minutes. I think this is a good matchup. I can see Mitchell Robinson who gets into foul trouble pretty much against anybody really struggling with Jonas just because Jonas is not afraid to put the basket uh, ball near the basket. So at 8,100, I have some interest in Big Jonas. Outside of him, I think everybody else is pretty much priced accordingly. If you wanted a GPP throw in there, it would be Devontae Graham, who's getting the shot attempts. He's getting the minutes. It's just been a little bit of up and down play. 6K is is a comfortable price tag for him. It's pretty fair. It's not too too high, not too cheap. There's a lot of guard options to choose from, though. So it's, uh, it, it's tough for me to kind of sit here and say he's one of my favorite plays. And Tibbs' defense is not one that we usually want to challenge. But I think with Jonas, we could. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in alignment again. I, I feel like we're, we're definitely on the same page to start today um, when it comes to looking at some of these matchups. But on the Pelican side, I mean, it's a back-to-back set. Jonas did foul out of the game last night, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, he still put up a monster game with 24 points, 13 rebounds. And to your point, 8,100 price down after a, almost a 50-point fantasy effort. Again, that's kind of my philosophy across the board when talking about daily fantasies, always attack anytime the price has gone down on a player. So I'm, I love Jonas Valanciunas in this matchup. Um, despite, to your point, playing against Thibodeau defense, 
usually it's 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 going to lead to lower ownership as well, which helps us when we're looking at tournaments as well. So I'm I'm looking at Jonas to start my lineups, and then my GBP play for the uh, Pelicans is actually going to be Brandon Ingram, 8,300. Yes, the price tag is still too high just given his recent play, but we do we have seen a ceiling type of game so far this season where he put up 48 fantasy points. I don't know if this is the matchup. I don't think it is, but he's going to be so low owned that it might be worth a dart throw or two. Um, there's just so many other guys in that price range that, that have a much better, um, much better floor too. So. Yeah. And I don't even think that's the ceiling. We've, we've seen Ingram put up 60. Um, that ceiling game has yet to come. I think, I think his floor has pretty much been about that 38 to 40, 48 feels like, you know, that's paying off that salary, but We've really yet to see that ceiling game, and we know he can do it. Uh, it the only thing is, is he's been struggling really, really mightily, along with a lot of other players this season, to get to the free throw line. So once he starts clicking and once that starts happening and he does get to the line, I think that's when you'll see that ceiling game unlock. And it, it could be right around the corner. I mean, we, we touched on it earlier on a few other podcasts with Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he was struggling mightily early on in the season with a shot, wasn't falling. And then he put up two back-to-back 50 DK point games. So perfect segue. We'll shift over to that game. Toronto Raptors traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. Both these teams on a back-to-back, so there's no injury report yet. We'll probably get that more uh, more or less around lunchtime. But as far as the spread goes, do have that. 214.5, Indiana being favored by four in this one. I'll pass it over to you to start with the Raptors. Yeah, on the Raptors' side, there's definitely some interest for me uh, across the board. We're starting with the guard play. Um, I'm actually looking at Fred Van Vliet a little bit, 8,100. Yes, he's had uh, one bad game last night against the Magic, but coming off two games of 50 fantasy points where he just had a monster double-doubles in each game, um, I expect more of the same, especially against the Pacers, where two nights ago, a few nights ago, he actually did put up 52 fantasy points. So I like Fred Van Vliet, 8,100. I think he's going to be primed for another monster type of performance. I'm also looking at the young rookie again, Scotty Barnes. Fire up some Scotty. I think Scotty's been just on fire at this point. I, I've been talking him up across the board, but I definitely think that he continues to play well. He's getting all the minutes he can handle right now um, in that starting unit, uh, coming off 39, almost 40 fantasy points. And in the last game against the Pacers, he put up another 40 point effort at 6,000. That's great value here. So I like Scotty Barnes as well in that forward position. I'm not going to have a lot of interest on the Raptors side and the big men. I would love to play Chris Boucher, but he's just been completely in the doghouse. He has not been getting the minutes. His, his, his minute high this year is only 20 minutes. So I'm not going to be looking at him at 4,700. Uh, Precious Achua, same kind of thing, 5,100. Just too inconsistent when it comes to minutes. Not going to be looking there. So my two guys are really going to be focused around Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes. What about on your end? you have any interest in, in playing Scotty Barnes here? So that's the question. He's at a comfortable price tag, especially for what he's been doing over the past few games. The minutes continue to be there for him. We know Pascal Siakam's right around the corner. Uh, Doesn't appear it's going to be this game. We don't have the injury report yet, so I would be shocked if it's this game. I just know he's been playing in full contact practice as of recently. But I do have a little interest. Uh, I mean, out of the past five games, he's been double-digit shot attempts in all those games but one. So there is interest for me. At 6K, I think that he's going to draw fairly high ownership. And, you know, I do have interest in OG as well. I never like to play OG and Scotty in the same lineup. 
Uh, but OG also, like you touched on, Van Vliet had a great game against these Pacers. They're going to need his defense, and so did OG. He put up 46 DK points in that last one, and he finally started putting it together, except for that last game. It, it seemed like this entire Raptors team just slipped up a little bit against Orlando outside of uh, of, of Scotty. But the three previous games outside of that last one, at least 37 DK points, two games above 44. So I do have some a little interest in OG as well. I don't know where my mind's made up just yet on Scotty. Um, I don't know if I'm going to fall in that 6K price range too, too much. And I don't want to also force him in there coming off of a big game where I'm expecting to have some high ownership. But I'm going to keep him in my player pool as of right now. But he's probably playing third fiddle for me behind Van Vliet, behind OG. Uh, On the Pacers side of the ball, you know, a lot of guys that we could look at. Malcolm Brogdon will most likely sit again. He's pretty much, I think, listed as questionable. But we don't have the injury report just yet. He was ruled out pretty quickly. Uh, in yesterday's game with that hamstring injury. We know the hamstring has bothered Brogdon in the past. He's just been playing way too many minutes. It was bound to happen sooner rather than later. Karis LeVert was questionable leading into that last one as well. He was ruled out prior to tip-off. So there's a few guys that could be coming back. Now, if LeVert comes back, I have no interest in him in his first game back. If Brogdon plays, I'll probably not play Brogdon, just knowing that the hamstring injury might limit his minutes. They'll probably not take it too hard on him. Now, if both these guys sit, I have no problem going back to the well and Duarte. Uh, 5,600, a guy that uh, that's been taking shot attempts. He's been producing modestly across the other categories, but a very safe cash play. Has that GPP upside that we've seen a few times this season. Uh, haven't seen it recently, but this is a matchup I could definitely see him taking advantage of with Gary Trent defense on the other side of him. So definitely with Duarte, McConnell drew the start for them last night, played 33 minutes, didn't do much offensively, but the shots were there. He took 14 shots, shot 29% from the floor. Uh, we got the two steals. We didn't get the assists we want to see. 4,900, though, I feel like this is a much, much better matchup for him. So I'll have interest in both these guys. And if you want to look at Sabonis at 9,200, wouldn't fault you one bit there. But I think I prefer Randall for $600 more. So he's definitely going to be in play. Those are the three guys I'm looking at. But for the most part, it's going to be Duarte and McConnell for me. Yeah, I'm definitely aligned with you 100%. I'm looking at kind of a similar type of thing with when I'm talking about the Pacers. I mean, Again, we don't expect, if, if, to your point, if Brogdon plays, I'm not going to have as much interest in McConnell or Chris Duarte, but if he's out and Karis LeVert end up being out or limited, uh, heavily limited in this type of game, I'm looking at both McConnell and Duarte. McConnell is not going to shoot that poorly again from the field, I think, the rest of the season where he shot last night, 4 or 14. Uh, he gets steals. He gets assists. He's going to score some points, especially in this game. So I'm looking at McConnell pretty heavily, uh, 4,900, a great price tag, probably my favorite play on the Pacers side. Chris Duarte, another rookie that's been performing really well, um, and he is coming off a game where put up almost 30 fantasy points uh, in 34 minutes the night before. So I like him too. Um, so those are definitely in my player pool. The other guy I'm looking at actually pretty heavily is, is going to be Sabonis. I actually like him a little bit more than Randall um, tonight, and I'll take the cost saving of $600 just because I think coming off a game where he really didn't do much uh, offensively, did not get his normal double-double um, that we've seen so much with Sobonus this year, I think he's he's in a great spot here. Might be low-owned as well, so I'm going to be chasing that a little bit too, um, just given the ownership after, after last night's dud. Um, I'm definitely going to be targeting him as my number two after McConnell, and then I'll sprinkle in some Chris Duarte as well. Can't fault you there. I mean, Sabonis is an absolute stud. Uh, there's never he, there's never really a matchup that's bad for him. Um, it just comes down to it. And the, again, another guy where the assists have been there. 
for him this season, and they might continue to be here. And I think he actually thrives better playing with a guy like McConnell, a traditional point guard, as opposed to Brogdon. So I can definitely see why you like him so much. But on to the next game, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Philly, taking on the Sixers for Atlanta. Boyan Bogdanovich, probable. Onyeka Okungu still out. Joel Embiid is questionable like he is every single game. And then Ben Simmons, Grant Riller, and Aaron Henry have already been ruled out. 218.5 game total. Philadelphia being favored by four. Atlanta's been playing some pretty good basketball as of late. Trey Young coming at 9,600. It's an expensive price tag for Trey. He's been playing great, though. Uh, I thought he was on his way to a fantastic game against Washington. I mean, I feel like at the end of the first quarter, he had like eight assists or something crazy. The shot wasn't falling for him, though. Six of 17 shooting. He actually recently came out in the public and said that these refs have just been a little wild. Um, talking about, you know, not calling any fouls. He gets like the, the baiting fouls and all that. Uh, but he touched on, you know, Damian Lillard's never averaged 17 points. Devin Booker's never averaged 18. These guys shouldn't be averaging that low of points. And he's blaming the refs for it. Uh, but at 9,600, I'll probably leave him off my player pool. He has that upside. Again, if you want to keep him in yours, no big deal. There's just a lot of options to choose from. We've already talked about probably about three or four point guards that we have significant interest in. So it's not the position I, I don't see myself spending up on in tonight's slate. Uh, outside of him, John Collins at 6,600. I've been riding the hot hand with Collins over the last two games, and it's done me well. Uh, looking at back-to-back games with at least 38 DK points. Had a big one in that last one where he shot 14 of 16, and that's been the recipe for him. Over the past three games, he's been shooting a little over his head. 88% last game, 73% the game prior, and 64% in the one prior to that. I don't like this matchup as much as I like those ones. So at 6,600, it's still a very, very comfortable and fair price tag, but I've been more, more or less targeting him due to those matchups over the past two. So I don't think I'll have as much of him. Uh, maybe not, Maybe I don't even fall with any of them in this one. If anywhere, I might go with Mr. Clint Capella. Uh, I want to see the minutes get up there, but they're going to need his size going against Joel Embiid if he plays. So I think that he's probably the one guy I'm going to keep in my player pool. And then I can see like a GPP throw on DeAndre Hunter, who just hasn't done much over the past, like I would say, week um, or at all this season. But the minutes have been there. The shot attempts have been there. The the shot really, it's not that it hasn't been falling, but he hasn't been doing anything as far as the ancillary stats. A little to no rebounds, little to no assists. Uh, no defensive stats, pretty much. A guy that's you know normally known for getting pretty close to a steal. So I just don't love this this entire Atlanta team. But there's some guys that we could definitely consider. But they all feel like just GPP plays. None of them feel comfortable enough for me in cash. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely again once again in alignment when it comes to just not a lot of comfortability playing against the Sixers. I mean, this game should stay close. We have seen some games with the Hawks and the Sixers in the past where they've put up a ton of points well well over the 218 uh, game total. I think this is a type of game where it is going to be on NBA TV. It's going to have some national TV spotlight. So I actually like Trey Young on the Hawks side. Um, I think he's, he might be in consideration in my player pool, but there's other guys in that same price range that I'm probably going to be looking at a little bit more uh, tonight, um, starting even with a few games that we're going to talk about a little bit. But um, as far as price tag goes, it's definitely a fair price. Uh, he definitely has 50-point upside here in this game going up against Tyrese Maxey. I just don't know if he gets it here. Um, and then the guy I'm looking at on the Hawks, the only other guy I'm looking at really is you touched on John Collins, just been on a tear. He's taking a lot of shot attempts and getting those rebounds that normally would go to Clint Capella, which you touched on. 
But right now it's John Collins. He's been a beast uh, when it comes to the boards and getting points. So I like John Collins more at 6,600 versus Clint Capella. I'll take the cost savings all day. I don't think he's going to have too much of a challenge going up against Tobias Harris here too. So I'm looking at John Collins uh, as my number one probably on, on the Hawks. So I'm going to have some interest there. And then a little bit, I'll sprinkle in some, some Trey Young in some lineups. But again, not a ton of interest um, on any of these guys. And then that's pretty much it for me when we're talking about the Hawks. All right, we'll slide over to Philly then. Joel Embiid coming in at 10-2. Uh, I took a pass on him in the last one. He was shooting poorly from the field, but he ended up getting to the line, and that's been the story for Joel Embiid the last two games. Uh, 15 uh, foul shots in the last one, knocked down 30, 13 of them. Uh, he's always been a good free-throw shooter for a big man, and then shot 90%, 91% in the game prior, shooting 10 of 11 from the free-throw line. And he's continuing to get there despite this knee soreness that he's talking about. This is the knee that he damaged his meniscus in last season, and it's been bothering him ever since. Big rebounding game, 30 points and 18 in that last one. It was against Detroit. A little bit of a different matchup here. Uh, they got better size, more veteran size in their front court. A 10-2, not a ton of interest in Joel Embiid. And almost same, similar for the uh, the Hawks. For me, not a lot of interest in this Philly team in general. Tobias Harris, a little too priced up for me at 8400 He's been playing fine, but 8400 feels a little expensive compared to some of the other options we have on this slate. Normally, I would be targeting point guards going against Trey Young. It's just a recipe that we could always count on. But Tyrese Maxey hasn't been a traditional point guard this season, really. It, it's been a little different for him. Uh, still getting used to that position. We know he's going to play 30-plus minutes here. But we also have to keep in mind that Shake Milton is back. So he's not the only point guard on the roster pretty much anymore. So I'll probably take a pass at Maxi at 57. I think you could keep him in your player pool for GPPs. And then same thing with like a Seth Curry. Nothing outside of GPPs with his shots falling. He could get you that 35. But at 5,300, I don't want to just sit here and take dart throws at guys' shots falling. If if you're building multiple lineups, sure, take a look at him. But if you're playing your single entry and looking in your cash, I just don't feel comfortable enough to put $5,300 on him. Yeah, I would have to agree here. Uh, on the Sixers, there's definitely a lot of volatility here. But, you know, Joel Embiid, if he's healthy, uh, and he's always coming in with a questionable with a questionable tag, it seems, this season. So I like Joel Embiid at 10,200. It's a little bit too high, just given the minutes potential here. Um, he has not been shooting well. He touched on it in the last couple of games. But he, that should re- revert back to the mean when it comes to Joel Embiid and his sh- shooting percentage, especially against the Hawks, especially at home. I think he's going to come out motivated, uh, especially after what happened and transpired in the playoffs last year. I think he's going to have a little bit extra chip on his shoulder in this game. So I like him here, um, but I'm probably going to take the cost savings of 1000 and go with some bonus and 9200 um, if, if I have to really split hairs when it comes to big men. But um, I'm definitely going to have him in my player pool, definitely a tournament option. The other guy I'm looking at from a tournament perspective not cash because you mentioned it. There's not a lot of cash here, value, especially in this game. But Shake Milton coming back, um, got 16 minutes in the last game. I expect 16 to 20 minutes again against the Hawks. If the game ends up being kind of a blowout, I like him even more here. 3,200, I mean, it's worth a shot. He's not going to hurt you from a value perspective. Even if it gets 15, 20 fantasy points, that's more than enough to cover his salary. And it's a great salary saver to get some of the other big men and another, some of the other high priced guys into your lineup. So I'm going to be looking at shake Moten in, in a lot of these kind of matchups and a lot of these tournaments. Um, and then I'll definitely sprinkle in some Joel Embiid, and that's it for me on, on my Sixers. So would you go with Cade Cunningham or shake Milton in a GPP? 
in a GPP, if we get the news, K Cunningham is going to be a, a, a go. I'll probably go K Cunningham four hundred dollars more. But if he if, if he's auto all limited, I'm going to go Shake Milton. All right, we'll move on to the next game then. This one should have some surprisingly. You know, when we say Utah, we we get nervous with the the DFS and the fancy value because of their defense and just them being so dominant during the regular season. But there's going to be some value in here. Two seventeen and a half game total. Utah's traveling to Chicago. Utah favored by four points. For the injury report, we have Mike Conley ruled out due to injury maintenance, so pretty much a rest day for him. Rudy Gay's ruled out. Hassan Whiteside is probable. Pascal's probable. And then over there on the Bulls side of thing, as we saw, Patrick – oh, excuse me, coffee burp. Patrick Williams all but ruled out for the rest of the season with a tear in his left uh, wrist, his ligament. He dislocated it in that last one. Kobe White ruled out. Zach Levine will be available. And then Devin Dotson ruled out. So we'll start off with this Utah team. And I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. There's there's definitely a lot of interest for me. With no Mike Conley, we saw it last season in the games that he rolled out. Jordan Clarkson really stepped up and took a pull to a lot of that usage. The shot attempts have already been there for him. 16, 15, and 19 over the past three games, averaging about 25 to 29 DK points in those games. So I have a lot of interest in him. He's been playing a solid floor in the mid-20s. With no Mike Conley, we should see that rise over 30. So definitely Jordan Clarkson, a guy that has point guard and shooting guard eligibility. I like this matchup for him. He's definitely going to be in my player pool. Have a fair amount of ownership for him. And then the other guy I want to talk about, actually two other guys I want to talk about, uh, Joe Ingles, 4,700. Anytime that we also saw Mike Conley ruled out last season, which was a significant amount of time, uh, Joe Ingles handles the ball a lot more. We see him bring the ball up uh, a little bit more. They're not going to just keep it pure with point Donovan Mitchell. I don't think that's a, a really a, a fantastic option for him. Uh, but a guy that we could easily see putting up, you know, 25 to 33 is where I would say. I would say 25 is probably his floor. 33, 35 maybe is probably his ceiling at 4,700. Ton of interest in Joe Ingles. And we just ge- we see a general little, uh, you know, usage spread around too. So wouldn't surprise me if Bogdanovich has a decent game here in the scoring column, but not a guy that I'm overly excited about ever playing. So I'll probably keep it mostly with Joe Ingles and Joe Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson. Excuse me, Joe Clarkson. I sound like that news reporter that interviewed him. Like, who are you? Um, but <laughs> those two guys, I definitely have a good amount of interest in. And I can even see Rudy Gobert putting up a big one here at 8200 Very, very for a price tag. It just comes down for me as Jonas Valanciunas, Rudy Gobert. Those two guys, very, very similar price tags. Uh, both of them got pretty good matchups here, though. So, I, you know, I don't know where I'm kind of leaning as of right now as we record this the morning of the slate. I'd probably lean Jonas just because I think the upside's a little greater there, but the floor is probably a little safer with Gobert. Yeah, I'm going to have to say, uh, for the most part, I'm definitely aligned with you, Mike, when it comes to the Jazz here. I mean, there's so many great options with Mike Conley out. I'm actually going to be looking at Donovan Mitchell a little bit more, 8,700. I just think that he hasn't had a ceiling type of game yet so far this season, and he's going to get all the usage he can handle here against the Bulls. Um, I know the Bulls are are much better on defense this year, surprisingly, than they were last year. Um, and, and that's something to keep in mind. But I still think this is a great matchup for him. Um, and he should be able to put up 40 to 45 fantasy points. Can get up to even 50 potentially. But again, it really comes down to, is he going to make his shots? He has not shot the ball well so far this season. He has not shot over 45% in any game. But I think this could be the great game for him to snap out of it um, and really put up the, those, those superstar type of numbers that, that we were expected on seeing with Mitchell to start the year. So I like him here. Definitely more of a tournament play, though, just because of his volatility so far this year. You talked about Jordan Clarkson and Joe Angles, both great, both definitely in my player pool for tonight, just given Mike Conley's, inj- Mike Conley's rest day. 
Um, and then you touched on Rudy Gobert. I'm not going to have a ton of interest in Rudy tonight just because we touched on so many big men already. And there's so many other big men that are going to be coming down the pipeline that we're going to be talking about. Um, and 8,200, I just think if he was in the 7,000s, even in mid 7,000s, that would be a little bit more palpable for me. Uh, but Rudy Gobert is definitely in consideration for tournaments, but not so much for cash games for me. Um, so I'm really going to be looking at Clarkson, um, Angles, and Mitchell primarily when it comes to the Utah Jazz backcourt. Yeah, and I don't hate Mitchell. I just uh, I think it's a little expensive for him, and I just don't see myself landing there if I'm at that you know that 87, 88 mark. I'll probably just find the extra cash to go up to some of these other guys that we'll talk about later, or even some of the guys that we already spoke about. We have a ton of value on this slate, so if you wanted to squeeze them in there, you easily could. But I just prefer to get the savings and go with those other two guys like Clarkson and Ingles. You get my exposure to this game that way and then spend up on some expensive guys and get exposure in those other games that we'll get to. Or maybe we we already talked about. But on to the next game. Big news here. Patrick Williams ruled out. Definitely some value that's going to be drawn from here. We'll probably see a guy like uh, Javante Green draw the start. He was kind of starting when Patrick Williams was out for this Bulls team during the preseason at 3,200. Definitely somebody would consider. I don't expect him to have a ton of usage or overall high ceiling in general. But if you need a dumpster dive, he's there for you. I think the real value is going to come from Alex Caruso, though, at 4,200. They'll probably go small, especially in this matchup. We know that Utah doesn't play big power forwards. They usually go with a guy like Royce O'Neal. Joe Ingles will play the four a little bit, too, as well. So... That's probably what I'm anticipating, and if that's the case, they most likely slide DeMar DeRozan up for a fair amount of playing power forward and just shift everybody up. And we could see Caruso, maybe he doesn't draw the start, but he played 33 minutes in that last one. The dude's stealing at an unreal high rate here without having a traditional point guard for this, uh, you know, for this Jazz team. You know, I don't expect those steals to go anywhere. 4,200, point guard, shooting guard eligible, have a ton of interest in Caruso. I think he's a very, very fair cash play. Uh, the ceiling is not going to be overly high for your tournaments. He'll probably draw a fair amount of high ownership. So maybe in your tournaments you want to go elsewhere. Wouldn't fault you there. But for cash, I think he's a really good play. And then the only other guy I'm really looking at for this Bulls team would be a guy like Lonzo. I, you know, this feels like it's a weird matchup to want to target Lonzo. He's not the cheapest of price tags at 7600 But I do have some interest in him. You know, not the shot attempts. They've been right around that 9 to 10 mark on average for the season. But everything else has been there. The steals, the blocks, the assists haven't been there. And I, I definitely see them being there for him in this matchup, though. So Lonzo at 76, Caruso at 42. And then if you want to take a dart throw and you need a dumpster dive, I think Javante Green is a fair price tag at 32 as well. But that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, again, I'm going to have to agree with you here. The number one play in this entire game is actually going to be Alex Caruso for me. I know that you mentioned that his, he doesn't have the highest of ceilings, but I still think that just given his just steals rate and the way he's been playing uh, in, this, in this Bulls lineup, he's getting minutes. He's excited. I, I can tell that just looking at just some game tape, Alex Caruso looks like he's, he's definitely found a nice little home here in Chicago. He's getting all the minutes. He's getting close to 30 minutes, even with a guy like Patrick Williams in the lineup. Now with, with him out, I, I, so I think he's got a 30 to 35 point fantasy ceiling despite a tough matchup against the Jazz. Um, I just think this is just a great opportunity for him, and I love him uh, just the way he's been playing. I think he's a great play and a great value, too, at 4,200, as you mentioned it. But uh, that's number one play for me, followed by you, you touched on Lonzo Ball. He's been playing really well, too. Yes, he had a, a kind of a slow game in the last one against the Knicks, where he only shot two of eight from the field, only had 21 fantasy points. But be, besides that, he's put up triple-double so far this season. He's put up a lot of 30-point fantasy efforts as well. So I like Lonzo, and I'll take the cost savings of $100 over DeMar DeRozan as well. 
Um, and then a guy like Zach Levine, normally definitely firmly in my player pool, but tonight I just think against the Utah Jazz, there's a be- there are better options um, elsewhere in that 8,200 price tag range. Um, and I'm gonna probably gonna steer away from Zach Levine here and look at Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball as well. Yeah, and I'm just not uh, thrilled about him having that tear in his uh, thumb, the ligament tear. Uh, it's not in his shooting hand, so it shouldn't really affect his shot all that much. But it's definitely something just to keep in the back of your mind where, you know, if he has down games, don't be surprised. Uh, he's hurt. He's playing hurt right now. And he's playing through it, and he's going to continue to play through it. So, you know, it's not the matchup I want to target him in, but he's going to have to get used. I mean, listen, I, I have the Jazz winning this game pretty comfortably, but if they stay in it, it's probably going to be do- off the shooting of Zach Levine, and I could, I could see a 30 actual point game coming from him. But there's other options where I just feel a little safer about. But we'll move on to the next game. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Miami on the second half of a back-to-back traveling to Memphis. Taking on the Grizzlies. No injury report for Miami. But for the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks is out. Kyle Anderson is being considered questionable. And as far as a game total, 217.5. Grizzlies are favored by 1.5 points in this one. Which feels... A little weird, considering how well Miami has been playing this season. Just maybe it's the back-to-back. Uh, that could be it. And we'll see. But for Miami, looking at this team, Kyle Lowry has been playing great defense. I'll give him that. But struggling as far as a DFS and fantasy option for us. Getting the assists, those have been there. But he has not been able to score a basket. It has been extremely tough for him. Really struggling from the field. Not a matchup I really want to target him in. Uh, until I see that shooting kind of get right. I mean, you could take your throws at him in GPPs because it, it's going to click for him on one of these games. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I don't want to bet on it and just sit there losing money every single night hoping that it's this game. So I'll probably take a pass on him. Same thing with Bam out of bio. 7,700. We talked about a lot of uh, center options. He's coming off of a massive game. But the assists aren't there for him anymore with Kyle Lowry playing. The defensive stats haven't been there as much as I want to see when I'm playing a guy like Bam. I think I'd rather play Gobert. I'd rather play Jonas at similar price tag. So I'll, I'll take a pass on him as well. And to be honest, not a lot of love for anybody over here. Uh, you can play Jimmy Buckets at 8,600. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy Buckets is always worth it. Three straight games of 50-plus DK points. He's crushing it from the free throw line. He's finding his way there. The boards have been there for him. And the scoring's never not there with Jimmy. We know what he can do. It's a fine matchup for him at 8,600. He's nothing more than a GPP play. Too expensive for me to consider in cash. I'd rather have him be that 83-84. But I just don't have a lot of interest for this Miami Heat team on the second half of back-to-back. Yeah, it's, it's always tough with second half of back-to-backs. I mean, you definitely touched on it. It's it's definitely – you I mean, we can chase Tyler Hero. He did play some Hero ball last night against the Hornets. But, again, he's been very consistent. I mean, he's had mostly – mostly games with fantasy so far this year where he's put up 40 to 45 fantasy points outside of two games. So he's been actually more consistent than usual given his, his volatility usually in, in the past in his career. But – uh, that's something that it's worth, it might be worth chasing at 6,600. I kind of prefer Tyler Hero in that high $5,000 range for me to play Tyler Hero comfortably in cash games. Definitely more of a tournament play for me at 6,600. But the other guy I'm looking at, you touched on, is more of a tournament play. But I actually like him a little bit for cash as Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's taken the reins, even despite Kyle Lowry joining the team. Yes, his assists have gone down, but he's been putting up monster games where he's been able to get rebounds. He's been able to score quite a bit. So. I actually like Jimmy Butler despite a back-to-back game uh, just because this game should stay relatively close. Again, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know why the Grizzlies are favored here, 
uh, even even if it's a small favoritism. I don't. I, it seems like they might have screwed up the the actual um, the actual spreads here when it comes to the Grizzlies. But nonetheless, I like Jimmy Butler a little bit more um, here. He's probably number one playing in Bama at a bio, probably half a tournaments. The tournaments only seven to seven hundred. I do like that his price tag is under eight k. Coming off 57 point fantasy effort, but you touched on him. He's not distributing the ball as much this season, not getting as many steals and blocks either. So it might be a little bit more of a risky play. So definitely reserve for tournaments only for, for Mr. Bam. Mr. Bam at a bio here. All right. On the other side of the ball, looking at the Grizzlies team, uh, John Morant coming in at 9,400. The dude has just been lightning in a bottle all season long. And the big surprise for him this season has been him knocking down these three point shots. Uh, little, I mean, knocking him down, let alone taking him. Uh, something that we didn't really see from him last season. Coming in at 9,400, I'm going to keep taking off the chin when he has a big game. Listen, I, I, I get it. The, the dude is going to be one of the premier players in the league for the next 10 years. Played big minutes in that Golden State game, which really helped him propel him over that hump. Played an overtime game, 42 minutes in that one. Otherwise, probably wouldn't have hit that value. I think he was priced at 96 in that one. So, I'm going to fade Ja here, continue to fade him. If he has that great game, I'll take it off the chin. No doubt about it. I get it. He can do it. Most people probably have a little bit more interest in him. Same thing with Jaron Jackson Jr., one of my favorite actual players in the NBA. This dude's going to be a, re- a force to be reckoned with over the next 10 years as well. Just so versatile, so big, can, can get you the blocks and hit the threes, can do so much with his game. But at 6700 he's really struggled to pay off that price tag. The guys I do have interest are going to be these mid-five guys. Uh, looking at Steven Adams, 5500 Definitely, if you're if you're spending down at center, a guy I'll consider. The minutes have been down over the last two games. Well, Golden State likes to play small. We know that. Got into a little foul trouble against Portland, well, and considering that you know they haven't really unleashed Nurkic, they limit his minutes as well. And we're not going to see that as much. Bam's going to be on the floor, and I don't like targeting centers necessarily going against Bam because while he hasn't produced the defensive stats, he's still one of the premier center position defensive players in the league. But Steven Adams at 5,500, if he plays 35 minutes, there's not many worlds I see where he doesn't pay off that price tag. It's just the minutes are going to concern. And as long as Bam's on the floor, I could definitely see him getting those minutes. Outside of, the, outside of him, though, it's going to be D'Anthony Melton, Desmond Bain. I prefer Melton slightly more on this one just because he won't be seeing that Jimmy Butler defense. He'll more or less be getting a little bit of the Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero defense, which is something I like to target when I'm looking at shooting guards going against the Heat. So D'Anthony Melton, 5,400. If Kyle Anderson's ruled out, I feel a lot better about it as well because then we'll see him play a little bit more of the starters' minutes. 35 minutes in that last one with no Kyle Anderson. I, I would expect something similar to that if there is no Kyle Anderson because Desmond Bain will take the majority of the small forward minutes and that will just leave Melton to play primarily the two. So sign me up for Melton. And I think Bain, like I said, he's definitely in my player pool. He's been the model consistency, putting up pretty much 30 DK points night in and night out at 5,300. But this is going to be a tough draw going against Jimmy Butler. So leaning Melton, but I'm keeping all three of these guys in my player pool. I love it. Um, when it comes to the, the Grizzlies, it's definitely interesting to look at because looking at guys like Melton and Bain, they're finally getting opportunities this season. And, and they're, they've really, for the most part, proven that they deserve to be in the lineup. So I like them. And that's a great call. If Kyle Anderson is out, that definitely increased my interest in both Melton and Bain. Um, I actually like Bain a little bit more at $100 savings. But again, depends on what the defensive matchup is going to be. If it's going to be Butler, then I'll definitely lean more. Uh, Melton, if, if he gets that Duncan Robinson defense. And then as far as point guards go, John Morant, I mean, 9,400. I love him. I love him in this matchup. I think it's going to be a prime time type of game for him. Um, he definitely steps it up whenever it's, it's that type of matchup, especially against Jimmy Butler going up against Kyle Lowry. 
I think John Morant should be able to pay off value. I like him $200 less than Trey Young. We touched on a little earlier. I think he's got a little bit better of a floor here um, in this matchup against the Heat, despite the tough defense that the Heat play usually. Um, I love John Morant here. And then we touched on also Steven Adams with 500. If you're looking at cost savings for centers, I've touched on a lot of centers. We've touched on a lot of centers that have higher price tags, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000. After 500, uh, one of the better value plays, and I like him $100 more. Uh, definitely worth paying up for versus Isaiah Stewart we touched on earlier tonight. Um, definitely going to be in my player pool, going to be a great matchup. It, it's all comes down to minutes. Um, and if, if he gets the minutes, I definitely expect him to hit value here, even despite the defensive matchup against Bam Adebayo. Um, he's definitely probably my favorite play on the Grizzlies, followed by Melton uh, and then John Moran as well. So I'm going to have a lot of interest in potentially stacking this type of game. Um, this could be a great game stack scenario here, especially if this game stays close. All right, we'll keep it moving then. Now we're starting to get into the land of higher game totals. San Antonio, Milwaukee. We're going to have Milwaukee defending their home court here, though. But nice high game total right here to talk about. 224, Milwaukee favored by a pretty large margin, though, at 9.5 points. Looking at the injury report, Dante DiVincenzo, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis all rolled out. Bobby Portis made his debut in that last one, but they're sitting him out here due to conditioning, something that we kind of touched on in that show where, yes, he's back. He's going to be able to take some of these big man minutes away. They need him, especially with no Brooke Lopez, but got to get the conditioning down. So maybe start looking at him in that next one in the following game once we start seeing him get a log a few more practices. And then for the Spurs, a lot of guys out here. Uh, Zach Collins, Doug McDermott, Josh Primo, we know is going to be spending most of his time in the G League this season. He is ruled out as well. Dougie Buckets is the big injury, though. We kind of saw uh, what, what what transpired. We thought Vassal would have started, but he didn't. It was Lonnie Walker who drew the start in that last one. So I don't love this game. Uh, I love it as far as, you know, it's going to be back and forth kind of, you know, but the Bucks should pull away with this one pretty easily. I don't really know who and what they plan on doing with Giannis. If the game stays close... There's definitely going to be a lot of options I like. DeJounte Murray coming in at 8,500 has been just playing fantastic over the past two games. Put up a triple-double against the Lakers. Almost dropped another triple-double in a back-to-back game against Dallas. Don't really love him in this matchup, though, against the Bucs. I mean, I like to target three-point shooters when I'm looking at the Bucs. I like to target guys that could bully on the interior. DeJounte Murray is neither one of those guys. The shot has been falling from deep over the last two games. But for the most part, he's not known for his three-point shooting. He's known for basically being a long defender who can kind of get the steals, get the blocks, and put up a couple extra rebounds for a guard position. So 8500 feels a little too priced out for me. Jakob Pertle coming in at 6900 This dude has been an absolute beast. Played a, played a good game against the, the Bucks earlier in the season, but 10-8 and eight and 6 when we're looking out of that game, 6900 feels a little not too expensive. I think that's actually appropriate for him. But most of the guys I've been targeting so far are either going to be, you know, seven, nine and above, or I'll maybe go down to a guy like Steven Adams or or even somebody that we'll talk about later on in the slate. But so I don't see myself playing too much Pirtle either. I mean, I might just take the chance and kind of play the game script with this one. If the game gets out of hand, I think Vassal will see extra time. He played a decent amount of minutes in that last one, despite that 27 minutes in it. If it's a blowout, he'll probably play a little bit more knowing he's one of these younger guys that they want to continue to develop. Lonnie Walker at 49, he's a solid option. The shot attempts have been there for him over the past few games. Just don't love his upside. I don't think he really has much. The ceiling's pretty much at 34 DK points, which we've seen, but those have been in matchups that have been a little bit closer. So, I, you know, I, I don't love a whole lot here. 
And if you think the game stays close, Derek White's probably the guy I would target just because he is the one that was, is not you know nearly afraid of shooting those three pointers. So Vassal, Derek White in my tournaments. Uh, you know Vassal, even him, he's probably a tournament play as well. And then Lonnie Walker, you could look at him in cash, but not somebody I'm overly excited about. Yeah, no. When it comes down to the Spurs, you, you touched on it. It's it, despite the high game total. The fact that the Pucks are almost 10-point favorites is something that scares me. But it also opens up some opportunities as well. Um, so you touched on Devin Vassell, 4,400. Um, I would much prefer Devin Vassell in the 3K range. But if he gets plenty of minutes, which we, we fully expect to happen if the Bucks do pull away, I think Devin Vassell is a fantastic um, tournament-type play and, and could be used occasionally for cash if we're really betting on this blowout. Um, he should get all the minutes he can handle, and he definitely has 25, 30-point fantasy upside. And at that 4,400 price tag, it's definitely worth uh, chasing here on the Spurs. Lonnie Walker, 4,900, definitely more of a tournament play, despite getting some starter minutes with Doug McDermott out. I just don't see him putting up enough value here. Uh, if this game stays close, you've touched on Derek White. I actually like him quite a bit more. Um, I think he's he's been playing uh, he started the season playing really well, and then he had a couple minor duds. So he, people are probably going to shy away from him when it comes to the tournament builds and cash game builds, which is another reason why I love him here. 6,400. Yes, the price tag is is a little bit too high, but if this game stays close, he should be able to put up 30, 35 fantasy points pretty easily um, with a 40-point upside potentially. So that's something to keep in mind. But I'm going to be looking definitely more Devin Vassell. Uh, followed by Derek White. And then DeJounta Murray has been on an absolute tear to start the season. Um, in the last two games, he put up almost 60 fantasy points. But this game is just not the right great game script for him uh, going up against the Bucks. Uh, unless this game stays close, which I don't expect it to, um, I'm not going to have a lot of interest. And in I'd rather go with a guy that has a little bit better floor, um, depending on how the game ends up playing out versus going with a guy like Jonathan Murray, who's definitely more built on keeping the game close more than anything. So I'm looking at Devin Vassell, number one, followed by a little bit of Lonnie Walker. Um, and, and that's pretty much it on the Spurs side here, just given the, the, the potential blowout here. Yeah, and then, then it just leads us right to the Bucks. What we talked about, the blowout is something to definitely worry about here. If, if there's no blowout, Giannis is going to put up 60-plus, no doubt about it. So, you know, in your tournaments, if you're building multiple lineups, depending on how you want to script this one, uh, yeah, if you're playing Giannis, you're probably going to want to run it back, like we said, with somebody like a Derek White or somebody who's going to keep help keep this game competitive that will play big minutes. Now, there's a few expensive guys I like more than Giannis on this slate because I don't necessarily worry about the blowout. I like the matchup uh, for both of them. Don't get me wrong. Giannis is in a great matchup, but the blowout scares me. So at 11-4, if this game gets out of hand, he's a guy that we might not see play more than 30 minutes, and Giannis's value comes in those minutes. Over the last two games, he put up a massive 78 and a half. But it was a game, a close game, in a great matchup against the Timberwolves. Played 35 minutes. Same thing with uh, you know, the previous game against the Pacers. Played 36 minutes because it was a close game. Put up 62 and a half. And then we look at the two games pre prior to that. One was against the Spurs. Game got out of hand early. You, you check the box score. It says a 10-point game. It wasn't necessarily like a 10-point game as it feels. He only played 30 minutes in that one. Put up 47. Against Miami, they got blown out. Played only 23 minutes. Put up 37 and a half. So, Giannis is very, very game script dependent when you talk about the actual spread and the score. So, you know, keep him in your player pool. He's nothing more than a GPP play for me. And if you want to play him, you're going to want to run it back with somebody. But the one guy I do want to mention is going to be Jordan Nwora, 4,300, very similar price tag. 
to a guy like Vassal. And if the game gets out of hand with no Bobby Portis, yes, Semi Lojale is back, but Semi's not going to play a whole lot of minutes. If the game gets out of hand, it'll probably be a fair amount of Dewara, who is lightning in the bottle when it comes to scoring. 4,300 GPP play only. I can see him having a good one here, though. Not, I think we have better value, just standalone value all over the slate that we've already touched on. But definitely somebody I'm keeping in my player pool as a GPP play. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad really, I, I can't speak again today. But uh, when it comes to value, Jordan Noir is definitely a guy that I'm looking at. Because um, I'm, I'm really going to be chasing great game script here. And I, I expect a blowout. And Jordan Noir, you mentioned, can score, can do a little bit of rebounding, get occasional defensive stats, too. I played him earlier so far this season um, in potential blowout scenarios, and it's paid off pretty well. Uh, do I prefer him under 4K? Yes. But do I still think that a 4,300 is definitely some uh, ability to squeeze out some value here? Absolutely. And I like him a little bit more than Pat Connaughton at 4,500, just because in, in a blowout scenario, Pat Connaughton is probably not going to get the minutes while Jordan Noir is. So I like him as my number one play and probably the only play on the Bucks. I'm not going to be chasing Giannis here, just given the potential blowout. If the game stays close, I'm going to eat my words. He's going to put up 65 fantasy points and be a game breaker. But I just don't see that happening here. And being one of the highest priced guys on the entire slate, I'm not really looking at Giannis here. There's a, there's plenty of other games where I'm going to be targeting Giannis. This is not one of them, despite not having Drew Holiday in the lineup again. Um, I'm not going to be looking there. So it's going to be really Jordan Nawara and Jordan Nawara only on, on the buck side. All right. We'll keep it moving to the game with the highest spread of the night. We just talked about one that it might be a little game script dependent. It's going to be OKC traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. Golden State plays much better at home. We know that this game stayed closer than most people expected in the last one. So not going to say this one has complete blowout potential just because we've seen these two teams face off and it was closer game, but I would probably lean to it being uh, the former. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think OKC will be able to keep it as close as they did in that last one. 12 point spread favored to Golden State, 221 game total for the injury news. Golden State dealing with a couple guys questionable. Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson, both these guys questionable. Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, as we know, are both ruled out. And OKC is completely healthy. Nothing to talk about here. A few guys just in the G League. But looking at this OKC team, I just don't want to play anybody. I mean, if you want to sit here and take throws at guys like Shea Gildress, sure. The only other guy I would consider would be Josh Giddy. If the game stays close, he'll probably be thoroughly involved. He's been playing well over the past few games. Uh, past three, that is, really struggled early on in the season. But double-digit shot attempts in those last three games. We know he's a, he could be a walking triple-double with his size and his ability to rebound and also dish the ball out. So Giddy's probably the one guy I'm keeping in my player pool right now. And if, if I'm playing some Giddy, I might want to run it back with somebody on the other side of the ball. But I, I think he's thoroughly in play despite the you know the spread at all. I mean, he's a young guy. They're going to want to develop him. Only I, th- I think he's is he 18 or 19 years of age, under 20, I know that. So Playing very, very well for his age. I expect that to continue throughout the season. Um, but that's it for me. It's just giddy. You know, I, I feel like we're on the same page again when it comes to the Thunder. Um, I circled and then starred whatever you want to call it, Josh Giddy, number one play. I've been playing Josh Giddy almost every single night out. Um, some nights burn me, but for the most part, he's, he's been providing some value. Very consistent as a rookie, but a guy that Showing a lot of confidence, not afraid to score, not, not afraid to lead the team um, in, in tough matchups. Uh, we've seen it so far this year. They've had some some impressive, he's had some impressive games in tough matchups before. And, and despite 
a huge blowout potential here. I love Josh Giddy to 5,000. I think he might be low owned uh, just given his price tag and given the, the game script here. But but I love Josh Giddy. Um, I think he's going to be a, an absolutely fantastic option. Um, and, and I like him as my number one play in the Thunder. I'm not going to be chasing Shy Gilders Alexander, as we talked about a little bit. Um, Darius Baisley is the only other guy I'm looking at. But again, highly volatile player. Has not really played to his standards, but coming off a great game against the Lakers where he put up 41 fantasy points, 4,900 might be worth a tournament dart throw. Um, I'm just, I just see a lot of other guys that I'm looking at from a value perspective that have a little bit better floors. Um, just given he's had games so far this year of 17 fantasy points and 19 fantasy points respectively. So I'm not going to be chasing him. Josh Giddy and Josh Giddy only for me as far as staples in, in lineups. Um, we're talking to the Thunder. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll move on to the Golden State side of things. Steph Curry coming in at 10-9. Yeah, you'll never you'll never not have Steph Curry in your player pool. But uh, if this game gets out of hand, you know, maybe his minutes get limited. But he's been routinely putting up 58-plus DK points in pretty much almost every game this season outside of the one against OKC. So I'm going to keep him in my player pool. There's one guy that I think is going to be my high-priced stud that I'm going to spend on uh, a little cheaper than Curry as well. But... And we have a ton of guard values, what we've noticed so far throughout this slate. So for my game scripts, as of right now, he's not one of my top options, but he's definitely probably number two or three in my stud uh, of the studs I want to spend up on. So Draymond Green, the other guy coming in at 7,300. Draymond has been just doing Draymond things at 7,300. It's a good matchup for him. I can see him having one of those triple-double type games in this if it stays close. Big caveat there, if it stays close. So I'll keep him in my player pool as well. And then there's one other guy I do want to talk about here. And he's a little bit of a dumpster dive kind of value play, and it's based on the injuries right now. Otto Porter Jr. coming in at 3,800. Now, he hasn't done much at all this season, really at all. Uh, the one game that he had a good game was the game that Andre Iguodala sat out, and it's because there's just he's, there's guys ahead of him in the pecking order. But if Damian Lee, Juan Toscano, Anderson, both these guys get ruled out, even if one gets ruled out, I can definitely see a, uh, you know Otto Porter getting an uptick in minutes, maybe in that like low to mid-20s range. And at 3,800, He's somebody I would consider if the game gets out of hand, he'd probably play even a little extra. So I'll keep him in my player pool. He's not like one of those enticing value plays, but he's definitely somebody to kind of take a look at in GPPs. Yeah, that's actually a great call out on Otto Porter. I mean, I'm looking at on the Warriors side. It's a tough one. Just given the type of game scenario here, uh, $3,800 for Otto Porter is a great price tag. I mean, we're not going to probably see that very much this season. Um, and, and a great matchup, too, where he might get some minutes. If the game ends up being a blowout, he might get some additional minutes, although he's not considered one of the, the, the matchup-proof kind of guys when it comes to blowouts. So I, I might be hesitant. I'll probably be looking at Otto Porter more in tournaments than anything. But, you know, if we get the news that other guys are ruled out, um, that might be worth consideration. I'm not going to be looking at Andrew Wiggins, 6400. I just don't think that he is worth the price tag. Um, he should be in the low 5,000s, the way he's been playing to start the season. So I'm not going to be looking there. Steph Curry, always a, a player consideration. Um, but that price tag is just so high. I mean, he can put up 60 fantasy points without even blinking, and then it could end up being a blowout anyway. Um, but I just don't see that happening here. Um, I don't think he's going to get the same usage that he normally does in, in close games. So I'm not going to be looking at a lot of Steph Curry. Uh, and then you mentioned Draymond Green. He's probably my favorite play in this game. Uh, on the Warriors just because he's got a triple-double upside. We haven't seen a triple-double yet from Draymond Green. This might be the game um, against the Thunder that I am I foresee him getting close to triple-double, which which will be automatic 45 fantasy points realistically. So I like Draymond Green, number one. 
I'm, I'll sprinkle in some auto porter in tournaments and then potentially uh, I might throw in a Steph Curry lineup here and there, but, but I'm looking at Draymond Green and Draymond Green only here. Absolutely. All right. And that brings us to what is going to be my favorite game to target, I think, tonight. We have the Denver Nuggets traveling to Minnesota. Denver on the second half of a back-to-back, but blew out the Mavericks. Absolutely scorched them. So a lot of these guys have their minutes limited. We saw that Jokic bang knees a couple nights ago and was questionable coming into that game, but ended up giving it a go and played fantastic in his minutes. Um, So we'll start off with the game total. 221 and a half, Minnesota being favored by three in this one. And then as far as an injury report goes, we don't have one for Denver. No one really to talk about for Minnesota. So we'll jump right into this, man. Denver Nuggets, looking at Jokic, 10-7. He's my favorite play. Uh, I am going to have a load of Jokic. I don't care if it was back-to-back. I don't care if his bang knees, if he was hurt a little bit. He only played 25 minutes in that last game because of the blowout. So he should be fresh and ready to go. This is just a fantastic matchup. I've been talking about it all season long. You'll hear me talk about certain positions going against certain teams, and I always target big men going against the Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns plays little to no defense. This should be a premier matchup for Jokic. He's going to be the guy I'm spending up on this slate. Outside of him, there's a couple other guys I think are definitely worth monitoring and talking about. Uh, and Will Barton's probably my second favorite option on this team. 5,900. Barton's been playing fantastic this season. He had his minutes limited, but he's been routinely putting up 30 DK points night in and night out. This feels like it's got closer to one of those 35 to 40 point games for him. So I'll consider Will Barton. And if you wanted to take a GPP throw at Michael Porter Jr., we heard Malone talking about getting him more involved as the season went on, that he just hasn't been aggressive enough that they want to see him taking more shot attempts. And they've been there over the past few games, took 12 shot attempts in only 25 minutes in that last one. But not somebody I'm overly enticed about. I think I prefer Barton over him. So those are the guys I have interest in. But Jokic is at the top of the hour for me. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to avoid Jokic on any slate and any game script when it comes to the the, the reigning MVP. I, I like Jokic a lot. Um, he's probably my, also one of my favorite plays of, of the night. I actually like... I like a little game sack scenario you mentioned with Timberwolves, but in this matchup as well against Cat, uh, against Carl Anthony Towns, this is a great game for him. Triple-double upside every time he steps on the court. Uh, I think this is a great game. If it stays close, which I expect it to, he's definitely going to be able to smash his price tag, even though it's 10700 I much prefer him over Giannis, who's priced heavier, uh, a little higher, and, and also Steph Curry we touched on in the last game. So I like Jokic, number one. And then you mentioned also Will Barton. Will Barton's been playing fantastic. 5,900. I like him quite a bit more than Michael Porter Jr. 6,500. Just because Michael Porter Jr., his shot just doesn't seem to be falling right now. Is this the game that he turns it around and shoots 50% from the field and puts up 40 fantasy points? Perhaps, but I'm not going to be chasing it in this game. I would much prefer a safer option like Will Barton, um, and I'll be going with Will Barton pretty heavily as well. Uh, and then the other guy I'm looking at really is actually going to be Aaron Gordon. Um, playing pretty solid to start the season. Um, definitely a guy that has 30, 35, 35 point upside uh, in a great game scenario. If this game stays close, we can expect Aaron Gordon to put up some numbers. We've seen 30 fantasy points already this year against the Jazz. I expect 30, 35 fantasy points here. If the game stays close, he should get 30 to 35 minutes as well. Um, so I'm going to be looking at Aaron Gordon as well on, when it comes to the Nuggets side. I'm not going to have as much interest in Monte Morris. He just doesn't do enough in the point guard position because Jokic runs that runs the offense here. Um, but those are the three guys I'm looking at. Jokic, number one, followed by Will Barton, and then finally Aaron Gordon as well. All right. We'll move on to the Timberwolves. But before we get to the Timberwolves, 
let's take a break and give a shout out to our sponsor. The NBA is back at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. And now new customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win. Tonight feels like a good night with some of these large margins of spread. And if you do, your team wins with that $5 bet, you win $200 in free bets. So you can make your roster whatever you want in this starting five. And, you know, maybe you go Milwaukee, 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 or Golden State, Golden State, Golden State, Golden State. Whatever you're feeling, DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get some more skin in the game with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable. But best of all, you can deposit your money and withdraw that cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code NBA today. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code NBA today this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. So check them out, guys. That's the DraftKings Sportsbook app, wherever it's available in your state, permitted. And use that promo code NBA today. Sliding over to the Minnesota things. Side of things. Minnesota things. Carl Anthony Towns coming at 9900 Top option here. He's expensive. He's worth it. But I prefer Jokic over him, so I don't see myself having too much Towns. If anywhere I'm going with this team, it's going to be Anthony Edwards, who's just been absolutely unreal to start this season. Has yet to put up a bad game for DFS and for fantasy in general. He's shooting three balls at an insanely high clip. Over the past four games, he's had three games where he's taken at least double-digit shot attempts from deep. The double-digit shot attempts have been there for him every single game with 20-plus. Sign me up for some Anthony Edwards at 7,800. Definitely a ton of interest. Probably my favorite play over there. And I want to see what they do with the starting lineup because they started Jared Vanderbilt in that last game at 4K, came out, played 30 minutes, put up a fantastic game, double-double, 33.75 DK points. They could go back to Okogie in this matchup. We have to keep an eye on it. I assume it's probably going to be Vanderbilt after how well he played. But if he does start and draw that start at 4K, great option. And if you need a dumpster dive GPP play, Patrick Beverly playing 20-plus minutes a night and routinely putting up over 20 DK points at 3,700. So that's it for me. Those three guys. Yeah, I have to say, I'm looking at D'Angelo Russell, actually, as a number one play when it comes to the Timberwolves. I just think that he hasn't been playing really well to start the season. Coming off a great game against the Bucks, an impressive win, uh, where he put up 44 fantasy points and a price tag that has gone down as well, 6,800. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for him to, to continue his trend of, of kind of returning back to his uh, strong performances last year. So I like D'Angelo Russell, 6,800. Um, probably my favorite play outside of Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I'm not going to have as much interest in Anthony Edwards, despite consistent games every time out. 700 is just a little bit too high of a price tag for me for Anthony Edwards in this game. I like Russell a little bit more. Uh, and then Carl Anthony Towns is so hard to avoid at 9,900. Um, I'm probably going to avoid him just because we touched on how much we love Nikola Jokic here. Um, and I'll, pr- I'll spend up for Nikola Jokic over Carl Anthony Towns. But He's just so tough to avoid in any type of game scenario. And then if we get the news, you touched on Jared Vanderbilt. If he plays and starts, 4,000, lock lock it in, sign me up, put him in for tournaments, put him in for anything you want. I love him here. I think he's going to be a great opportunity to, to really show his ability to play well. Um, so I, I love him there. Um, and I'm definitely going to be firing up a lot of Jared Vanderbilt if we get the news that he is starting. Um, as my One of my favorite plays, value plays on the entire slate here. All right, then we'll move on to the final game. 
Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Phoenix. Cleveland on the second night of a back-to-back. So no injury report for them. For Phoenix, Campaign, Dario Sarge, both remain out. And then this one has a little bit of a wider wider uh, game total and spread as well. 217 game total. Phoenix being favored by 10 points. I'll pass it over to you with Cleveland. Tell me who you're looking at. Yeah, on the Cleveland side, I'm probably going to be looking at Darius Garland for the most part. Um, he's probably going to remember one of my favorite plays. Uh, coming off a game where he put up almost 38 fantasy points in a losing effort in the Lakers in the second night of a back-to-back. Put up 11 assists. The guy is really a, a fantastic distributor. We have we have seen it in the past, and we're seeing it again this, this season. Um, I think Darius Garland is a great play. At a, at a 6400 price tag, it's also a, a great price to pay. Um, and I much prefer him versus Colin Sexton priced at the same same level. Um, I, I'll have some love for Evan Mobley. I mean, it's hard to avoid Evan Mobley. He's been playing really well as a rookie. Um, not playing like a rookie to start the year in, in the Cavaliers front court. But 6700 is just a little bit too high of a price tag to pay against the Suns in a potential blowout scenario. I'm not going to have a lot of Mobley here. Um, and I'm not going to also have a lot of love for Jared Allen to 200. If this game stays close, we have seen upside. Against the Nuggets earlier this year, he put up 45 fantasy points. I'm just going to be not chasing that in this game uh, against the Suns. I, I don't expect it to happen here, especially in a back-to-back scenario. So I'm probably going to be looking at on, on the Cleveland side, really focusing all my energy and, and effort when it comes to lineup builds into a guy like Darius Garland at 6400 uh, versus Ricky Rubio. Versus Ricky Rubio at 6600, I, I like uh, Darius Garland a little bit more, um, despite Ricky Rubio's great play recently. Um, I think Garland has a little bit of safer floor here. What about uh, what about for you? I'm actually on the other side of things. I think I'd rather play Sexton. With Noah Coro, the minutes will continue to be there for Sexton. Uh, barely took any shot attempts against that Lakers team, and when he did, he struggled. He only shot 22% from the floor. But for me, it's the minutes. Uh, he's playing 30-plus minutes. I have interest in Sexton. He's going to draw the better matchup going against Devin Booker rather than getting the matchup of Chris Paul. And the nine shot attempts are not a normal thing for Colin Sexton. In fact, he's been one guy criticized by his teammates behind closed doors for just taking too many shot attempts. So I would expect that to revert back to the norm. Uh, Probably be looking at about 15 to 16 shot attempts for him in this one at 6,400. I prefer him. And I don't mind Mobley. He should get a good matchup drawn against Jay Crowder. 6,700. There's better forwards, I think, that we've talked about already. So I don't know how much I land on them, especially with a spread like the one we're seeing right here. But I definitely have some interest in those two guys. And I'll probably just leave it there. On the Phoenix side of things, Devin Booker coming in at 7,800. Ooh, excuse me. These coffee burps are killing me. Uh, Took 28 shot attempts (laughs) in that last one against Sacramento. No surprise there. I touched on it. Shooting guards against Sacramento. One of those things I always look at, just like I look at centers going against the Timberwolves. So keep an eye on him. Absolutely love him in this matchup. If the game stays close, largely due in part to him. And only $300 more than Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the safer of the options, but I think Devin Booker has the higher upside. And then the only other guy I'm really looking at on this team is going to be DeAndre Ayton at 6,500. Really turned it on in that last one. Put up a 21-21 and 21 game. And, you know, that's something that I wouldn't say we should expect more. But it's going to be more than those single-digit point and single-digit rebound games. This guy should be averaging a close to a double-double every night. And the shot attempts should be in the double digits for him as well. Took 12 in that last one. Shot 75% from the floor. Not my favorite center option. We talked about a lot of them already. And I just don't necessarily see myself falling in that mid-range for center. But definitely somebody I'm keeping in my player pool. And that'll probably be it for me. Yeah, for me, when it comes to the Suns here in this matchup, I like Devin Booker, 7,800, coming off 53-point fantasy effort against the Kings. Um, if this game ends up staying close, he should put up another 45-fantasy-point effort 
um, against the Cavaliers. I just don't know if this game stays close, so I'll probably have him more for tournaments. Chris Paul, 7,500. Uh, could be in player pools for me, but I just haven't seen that type of ceiling type of game here, especially against the, against the Cavaliers. I just don't see it happening uh, in this type of matchup. Um, if this game ends up being kind of a, a blowout scenario, I'm actually going to be looking at a guy like potentially Cam Johnson. We haven't seen a lot of Cam Johnson yet this, so far this season. We have seen his upside, um, especially if this game ends up being a blowout early on. Um, I, I do expect some opportunity, 3,400, but there are better uh, potential value tournament plays uh, versus Cam Johnson here. Uh, and then he touched on as well, um, playing a guy like uh, DeAndre Ayton at 6,500. Definitely worth playing if this game stays close. I mean, we have seen the upside 21-21. You mentioned it in his last game, uh, a monster game in that. But I just don't see that happening again um, in this type of scenario. So I'm not going to have a ton of interest in Aiden. I'll probably start with Booker um, and have some sprinkling of Aiden in tournaments. But but that's about it. Uh, there's not a ton of value here on the Sun side. You know, if this game ends up being a blowout, there could be some op- additional opportunities for guys like Cam Johnson, Landry Shamit. But I'm not going to be chasing that either. Uh, and that's pretty much it for, for me here. All righty. Well, that brings us home. That rounds us out. So we'll get to our player tier segment. For me, at the expensive tier, it's Jokic. I talked about it. Favorite play on the slate, 10-7. On a back-to-back, but he has one of the best matchups a center can have in basketball. So sign me up for some Jokic. Had limited minutes in that last one. I would expect 30-plus from him here and probably about 60 DK points. So who are you looking at for your expensive tier? Yeah, for my expensive tier, I'm going to be going after John Morant at 9,400. Uh, I just think this game scenario is perfect for him. He should put up 55 to 60 fantasy points relatively ease uh, against the Grizzlies here. Sorry, right. uh, uh, against the Miami Heat here. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I got what you meant. I got what you meant. I don't think he's playing his own team unless he's doing the old Jimmy Butler in practice, taking the, <laughs> taking the third stringers and just running at them, burying them into the ground. But... All right, we'll slide over to our mid-tier, which is going to be pretty stacked. I think there's a lot of guys that have that 50-point upside in this middling of tiers. But uh, there's one guy that we talked about that kind of stood out to me, and it's going to be close to a value play, but still over that 5K threshold we considered a mid-tier. It's going to be DeAnthony Melton at 5,400. Really like him in this matchup. I'll like him a lot more if we see Kyle Anderson ruled out, but I definitely see myself having a fair amount of DeAnthony Melton shares. And then, you know, there could have been a caveat play again, injury related. Both of these guys I'll give two. And if we see all those guards out over there in uh, Indiana, Chris Duarte at 56 is another option we could look at. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy we touched on in in the first game of the night. It's Mo Bamba, 6,500. A great mid-tier price tag uh, guy that has 50 50 point upside. We've, We've seen it the night before. Um, and a game where he should be able to, to do a similar type of domination against the Detroit Pistons. I like Mobamba a lot here. His price is going to jump up to 7500 7, at some point. So we may, may want to chase Mobamba as much as we can while his price is still in that mid-tier. All right. And then for the value plays, I'll go with a guy that we just talked about in the game prior. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, 4K. If we see that he draws that start, big caveat there. So. We may not have that news right away, but hopefully we get it earlier in the day. And if we do, Jared Vanderbilt, I think, is a smash play at 4K. Anytime I, I give a, a play in one of these segments based on a caveat, whether a guy's starting or whether somebody's hurt, I always end up giving another one just to be safe. Uh, and I will go with TJ McConnell, 4,900, right under that 5K threshold. So I definitely am going to have myself some TJ McConnell, and I expect 
that there is no Malcolm Brogdon in this one. So two caveat plays for you, but I'm sorry if I'm stealing all your value, man, but I'll give you, I think we have a good amount of value to choose from. So you're, you're up. Agreed. There's plenty of value here. And I'm going to start with Alice Caruso, 4,200. I think he's a fantastic play uh, in that value range, especially uh, with, with guys like Patrick Williams out uh, in this type of game scenario. He should put up some, some pretty nice numbers as well. Um, so he's probably number one for me from a value perspective that, that you, you didn't touch on. Um, and then as far as uh, a, a pretty decent number two, um, Jalen Suggs, 4,900. Um, again, attacking the Detroit Pistons. Um, even though he's volatile, under 5K, uh, Jalen Suggs as a rookie, I think, has a potential to, to, to really boom here as well. Absolutely. And there's a lot. It's a big slate. I normally don't do it like this, but a couple of honorable mentions. I just don't want people to forget about the value that we're going to have over there in Utah with no Mike Conley. You know, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, both those guys, super viable. Um, so, you know, don't forget about them. I think that they're right up there with some of these other guys that we spoke about. We could have went either way with them. So there's a lot of fun combinations we can do when we're building lineups tonight. And those guys are probably a little bit more safe and secure because we already know that Conley's rolled out. So it's a great slate to play, in my opinion. A lot of guys, a lot of guys that we talked about that we both like. Seems like we're on the same page pretty much all night long. We had a couple couple pivots. You know, you like D'Angelo Russell. I liked Anthony Edwards. There's a couple guys in there that I think you liked Garland. I like Sexton. So there's a lot of ways we can go with this slate. But for the most part, we were on the same page, man. And it's always great doing a show. So... If you guys have a moment, you can give us a thumbs up, five star, rate and review. Anywhere you listen to it, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We like to see your comments in those sections. We like to see the five star ratings go up. I think we're, you know, we're a little over 500 shows deep now with this podcast. We have 141 or 140 reviews, something like that. Uh, 4.7 is the average. I think the few that we got bad were based on audio issues, which we we try to fix over the years. Occasionally, it creeps back up on us though. So if you guys could throw something in there for us, we'd be extremely grateful. We tried to run our DK contest last night. It didn't fill, and that's the issue we we have sometimes because we only put the uh, link out that day. And I have to create the link the night before, but we'll get another one going this week. So keep an eye on it, guys. It's probably going to be, again, uh, maybe on this Friday. Maybe I launch one tonight, and we just make it a quick little 15-person one or something just to get it to fill. Maybe that's what we do. Uh, So keep an eye on it. If you're listening to the contest, we'll probably be tweeting it out from our HoopBall site, maybe from my own as well. Dave will tweet it out there. I'm sure Dave will jump in there as well with us. We get a lot of our guys in there as well. So it'll be fun. I recommend joining. It's only a $5 contest entry fee. And then follow us on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Dave, let the good people know where they can find you. Absolutely. You can find me at at D-M-E-N-K-3-3. Perfect. That takes us home. Thank you guys for listening. We'll try to get this out there for you nice and early. And as always, Give it a listen. Give it a review. Follow us on Twitter and sign up for this DFS pass. $4.99 a month is an absolute steal where you can get access to our Discord. You'll get our behind-the-scene article that we produce every single day with some of our favorite plays. I'll be yours truly handling today's. And that is all. Thank you. Let's go win some tournaments. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.